The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon. This is the Authentic Living Show, and I'm your host, Andrea Matthews. Today, we're going to be talking about transcendence. And it's an interesting, difficult, and uh, a bit of a mix. We have mixed messages about what transcendence really means out there. It's kind of like flying, but not. So there's many ways of flying. For example, we might attempt to transcend life by flying through life without ever living, as is the case when we use drugs and alcohol as a replacement for dealing with emotions. We could stick our heads in the sand and pretend that difficult challenges are not really happening. Or we could bargain with the difficulties of life with if I, then they'll, or if I, then this will happen. These are all examples of attempts to fly, but they are not transcendence, because transcendence is not the same as avoidance. So today we're going to learn about transcendence. We're going to learn about the fine art of flying. So, okay, so what, what, what do we mean when we talk about transcendence? Well, let's talk first about what we don't mean. We don't mean that life is going to be one big, jolly, blissful um, thing where you don't ever look at the news, you never uh, 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 really acknowledge your own suffering because that might be living outside of your bliss. Um, It is not the same as um, pretending that things are not happening that are happening. Um, it is not the same as saying that life is an illusion. Life is not an illusion. The world is not an illusion. Uh, planet Earth is not an illusion. And the things that happen here are not illusions. Yet we've been taught that and taught that by some of our big, uh, great spiritual leaders. And so we need to uh, really address that because I'm not saying they're wrong, <laughs> but I am saying we might need to sort of Uh, look at that again because it's been interpreted to mean something very different from what transcendence actually is. So, okay, so when we read in books like The Course in Miracles that that chair is not real, that airplane crash was not real, which is what is actually written about in the student handbook, on the student workbook, excuse me, of The Course in Miracles, what what we're Assuming that means is that that the the chair is not real. I mean, it's just not really there. We just see it, but it's not really there. But actually, um, that's not true. And and I think if we were to to really sit down and talk with the uh, with uh, Shukman, uh, Helen Shukman, who wrote the book, I think we might find that that's not might not be exactly what she meant. But either way. 
the case is that it's been interpreted to mean that uh, the things that we see here on planet Earth, the events that happen on planet Earth, are illusions. And we should keep our mind off of those illusions and be thinking only about spirit and what spirit wants from us and live in a state of constant meditational bliss. Some people call this blissing out, and I like that way of thinking about it because it, what it is is an attempt to avoid the difficult feelings, the suffering that is a part of the duality trans state in which we all live in here on planet Earth um, in order to feel happy, which is exactly the same thing that a drug addict does. Um, they are avoiding difficult emotions, difficult events, difficult circumstances, difficult situations by using substances which are going to make them feel better. Now, at first, when a person starts using drugs and alcohol and or alcohol, um, they, don't, they get a really big high. And that feels really good, and so they want more of that. And for the rest of the time they're using substances, they are chasing that first high. Because uh, they never get that first high again. The reason they don't ever get that first high again is because the body is never again new to drugs and alcohol like it was at the first time. The body immediately starts building a tolerance to drugs and alcohol when, on the first dose. And after that, the tolerance shifts so that it takes a little bit more to get us to that same feeling. Uh, and we, we can't really even have that same feeling because it was the first time we did it. And so there's all the, uh, the, all the stuff that goes with the first time you do anything as well. So the, uh, when people use substances on a daily basis, as such as, as in the case of someone who's addicted, uh, they will uh, very often describe not, no longer using to get high, but just, just using to not be depressed. So now... Uh, using has become a substitute for feeling those depressive feelings, which, if they felt them, might help them get their life back together and 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 start um, start trying to live a different way. So avoidance is what that's all about. We avoid reality by saying that um, the planet Earth is an illusion, and the reality that we're here living in is uh, twofold. It is a duality trans state, and it is spirit simultaneously. Uh, we live in the duality trance state in which we believe that we're separate from the divine and it is very difficult for us to imagine that we are not separate from the divine. And so we have to uh, work with that sort of head trip that says that we're not divine and we're not next to, we're not a part of, we're not constituent to the divine. When we, when we our work with that, though, what we most often do is meditate. We find our way into an awareness that allows us to see through the duality tread state to the truth that we are one. And we, we come to that in a myriad of ways. We come to that through feelings, and by that I mean emotions. We come to that through bodily sensations. Some people experience tingling sensations, um, as well as some emotions, uh, a deep felt peace. Sometimes people describe in meditation, describe a feeling that they, they can't move. Their body is so peaceful and so still, they, they, it's almost like a, a, a paralysis. They can't move. And it's not a it's not a scary paralysis, but it is it's like you just can't move. Your body is so still that you can't move. So um, people have described um, seeing images and visions and um, 
shamanic-like healing experiences where they take a journey into the underworld or the upper world, the middle world, and and actually heal someone else or heal themselves. People describe all kinds of things that really do indicate that we are all part of the same field, and that field is a divine field, and that we have not been separated. So those experiences, when we have them, especially if we have them uh, regularly, uh, really enable us to see through the duality trans state even if when we return to our normal conscious state we still kind of have that feeling of separation we, we can argue with it now because we know better so um, this so transcendence means being able to see past see above see beyond that's what transcendence is now I want to I want to talk for just a minute about the the word transpersonal because that word gets used used and misused a lot as well. The word transpersonal uh, is a word that uh, several different uh, psychologists invented to explain the work that they had found to be true. One of those was Stanislav Grof um, and his wife as well and uh, some other people as well but they, what they did was uh, convene a conference and they agreed on the word transpersonal because it seemed to be the best fit for what they were doing so what they were doing was helping people see beyond the normal substrates of everyday understanding of who they were as individuals so when we say the transpersonal we don't mean that you don't have a personhood anymore what we do mean is that you you have the ability to see through that to something bigger, something um, more true than the identity that many of us have been trained to call the ego. Uh, and as you know, if you've been listening to the show for very long, you know that I don't call that ego because ego is actually a very vital and important part of our lives and we must have it in order to be sane Ego is that sort of balancing beam between uh, that acts as a liaison between the inner and the outer world. So if consciousness weighs too heavy on one side of it, then the person will operate completely out of uh, an identity and they will not be able to tap into the unconscious forces that very often run their lives. Um, when a person, when it weighs too much on the uh, on the unconscious part, that person might uh, literally be living from the unconscious, which means they might have hallucinations and delusions, and um, they, they, you know, they might be powerfully psychic, but they also could be bordering on the edge of insanity. So um, we need that balance, and so we have to have an ego. So I, I, I really stand. Uh, I stand on that principle because I think it's so important. There's so many people out there right now telling us that we need to get rid of the ego. And all that does is square us off against ourselves and make us um, fight a battle between ourselves, which just furthers the duality trans state. So we don't want to further duality trans state. What we want to do is recognize oneness, which means that we unite the various aspects of ourselves we don't uh, split off from them or push them away or try to get rid of them. Unfortunately, religion down through the centuries has, has taught us to get rid of various aspects of ourselves. And there have been people who have translated various scriptures of the Bible, particularly things that Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount uh, uh, regarding casting out your eye if it offends you or cutting off your arm if it offends you. 
people have literally done things like that to in order to be righteous people so they could please God. But actually, when you look at the root language of those texts, that is not at all what Jesus was doing there. He was actually sort of tongue-in-cheek mock, mocking the the laws of the day because they're just not enough to make a person righteous. You can't, what they were saying was, you can't be righteous just with your behavior. And so, you know, it, to, in order to mock that in the extreme, he would say things like, you know, why don't you just go ahead and cut out your eye if your eye is going to be doing something unright- without, that's not righteous. Why don't you just go ahead and cut it out? Well, he didn't mean, people, mean for people to literally cut out their eyes. What he meant was this is not this plan that you've been doing for many, many, many centuries now. It's not working. It's not cleaning up your insides. That's what he was really saying. And if you put the whole sermon together, you can clearly see that and look at the root language. You can clearly see that. But um, typically, many of us don't look at the root language. We don't look at the whole thing together. We just hear what somebody else says about it, and we buy it, and that's it. We don't go any further to, our, to do our own spiritual research. And I truly encourage that because I think that's a way of finding the transcendent. So when we talk about transpersonal, we're not talking about getting above your ego. We're not talking about um, uh, avoidance of any kind. What we are talking about is being able to see through the lies that the duality trans-state gives us to something more what Carl Jung would call numinous or a sacred, um, expansive, uh, profound experience that allows us to see clearer who we actually are as a whole being, not as somebody split off from various parts of ourselves. So, okay, so that's, that's how we're going to define transpersonal. And we're defining transcendence again as any way that we can see through the duality trans-state to the truth of oneness, of who we actually are. So, we, we, we are, many of us are looking for transcendence. And, you know, that old song, I'm looking for uh, the right thing and they're all the wrong places. Uh, that, that, um, that idea is what we've been doing with this whole thing of transcendence for centuries. We've been trying very hard to find a way to get to transcendence um, through various means, through drugs and alcohol, through bargaining, and what I mean by bargaining is, for example, one of the one of the things that came out in the early '90s and was really prolific, and is still very often um, uh, cited and used uh, from various websites and various uh, um, teachings, is the whole idea put forth as the law of attraction. If you if you've been with the show, you know that I wrote a book called The Law of Attraction: The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can. And uh, what I said in the book basically is that if you, uh, the reason it isn't working is because it, it was never meant to work. Our, our souls are not meant to work through bargains. So the bargain that the law of attraction gives us is if I do my vision boards, if I uh, stay positive, if I can manage to keep my affirmations going um, and keep my mind in a positive mindset, then I will have that money, that job, that relationship, that car, that whatever that I want. So, you know, it's it's the same kind of bargaining that a person might do when they're dying and they're on their deathbed and they say, well, God, if you just keep me alive, I will promise not to ever say another cuss word or I promise not to treat my wife badly again or I promise to go talk to my children I haven't spoken to in 10 years, you know, those things. And so uh, it's the same kind of bargain in that it's it's seeing the universe as someone that needs us to bargain with it. 
And the universe just doesn't operate on bargains. It just doesn't. The universe is a constant giver. It isn't, uh, it isn't, if you do this, then I'll give to you. It's, I'm giving to you. Are you open to it? Can you receive it? That's, that's the real thing. That's what's really going on. But we don't know that because we've been taught differently. We've all been taught that our sin keeps us from experiencing our divine, our, you know, the, what uh, many religions will call God. Um, I call it the divine because I don't want to give it any kind of particular religious flavor. Um, and uh, so many people tell us there's a certain ritual we have to go through in order to get close to the divine. Others will tell us that we have to um, bargain. We have to keep our minds positive. We have to, you know, make sure we don't have a single negative thought. Or, you know, I've literally worked with people who who spend their days saying erase, erase when they have a negative thought. And, and it gets people into this real compulsive, obsessive compulsive kind of pattern based on fear that if I don't do this, the universe is not going to give me what I want. And uh, it's, a, it's a way of kind of saying the universe doesn't really know what you're up to. <laughs> you know, it doesn't know that you're trying to trick it into giving you, what, giving you what you want. But actually it does, and it doesn't need our puny little bargains. Um, another way that people uh, tend toward uh, 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 trying to find transcendence and, and, and are not doing it very successfully is through something called uh, the Pollyanna identity. They are sort of deciding that everything is really nice and good and wonderful and that's just how it is and that's how it's going to be and so therefore um you know they don't want to hear anything else this this there are people and you may have known some of them who operate that way on a daily basis they just don't want to ever hear anything negative and they don't want to talk about anything negative what they call negative um uh, it's not really negative it's just some reality they don't want to have to look at and um, they make decisions that are bad judgment based on this Pollyanna attitude. In other words, I'll have plenty of money, so I'll just go spend this now and it'll be all right because, you know, God will take care of me. Or, you know, it's based on that idea that, uh, that we, uh, the old stories we heard about from uh, the biblical text that if I jump off the mountain, the angels will catch me, so it's okay. I mean, everything's really okay. I don't have to look at bad stuff that's coming. I don't have to pay attention to my finances. I don't have to worry about how my kids are doing. I don't have to think about all that because it's just too much. I don't want to be bothered with it. I'd really rather be thinking happy thoughts. So I'm thinking happy thoughts, and you can just go away. And these are people that are very difficult for family members to deal with because when family members know that something needs to be decided upon and the person that's Pollyanna complex is not deciding it becomes very difficult. But what that person is really trying to do through this false effort is reach, attain transcendence. And, of course, they're not going to be successful at it, but it's an attempt to attain transcendent. Drug and alcohol, uh, one of the reasons that the Native Americans call alcohol spirits is because it is a way of, uh, of attempting to attain transcendence. So that, uh, you know, if you can get sort of high or drunk, then you can feel better and life is not difficult anymore and therefore you've attained some kind of transcendence. But that's because we're basing the idea of transcendence on emotions. And it is not based on emotions. And we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. So come back for more.
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Your path to wellness includes a body, mind, and spirit connection. Listen for Guidance from Above. You are not alone. Featuring your host, Joe Homar. Explore unknown parts of you. Access a vast array of possibilities that await you. Expand your energy field. Keep an open mind. Tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The answers you are seeking are within. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Five seven nine five. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you may get a Ph.D., a Doctor of Ministry, or in the Holistic Theology program, a Doctor of Theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to your effort to learn. This means that in some of the coursework, you can start at the introductory level and move all the way to the advanced level as you move through your degrees. For example, in the Holistic Theology program, you can take Judaism 1, 2, and 3, with each level offering a greater depth of understanding. Or in our Parapsychology program, you can take Psychic Skills 1, 2, and 3. Those are just a few examples. You can get the whole picture by going to www.aiht.edu. 
Or if you'd like to talk directly to our admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality. Utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own experience and path, as well as to become credentialed to bring their own unique gift to the world. So AIHT is changing the world one student at a time. You want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, that's 800-650-4325. Don't put it off. Do it now. You know, Oprah says, education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And we're talking today about the issue of transcendence that has been... Uh, used and misused, the term has been used and misused uh, very frequently over the past uh, 10, 12, 15 years. Um, Mostly it was uh, a more arcane kind of subject before 1990. Uh, Many people were writing about it and thinking about it, but they weren't so so well known. And so now, given the prolific uh, passport we all have to contact each other and learn information about what's going on in the world and so much information out there on Facebook and Twitter and all of that we that information about transcendence is more out there you'll even hear comedy shows where they use the word transcendence to talk about something trying to transcend my ego or something like that and they're and they're trying to be funny so the the this this idea is out there and mostly for most people the idea of transcendence means that they no longer have any difficult emotions. They live in a state of bliss. And, and when I talk to people, when I'm out talking to people, uh, speaking uh, at various places, particularly with regard to my latest book, Inhabiting Heaven Now, the first thing that people tend to want to know is, are you living in heaven now? I mean, that's one of the questions I get. Are you living in heaven now? And yes, I am. And uh, but then they want to know. Well, how does that feel? Is it just you, you constantly enjoy all the time? No, I'm not, because I'm also living in the duality trance state in which we all live. So I'm seeing through the duality trance state, but I'm also a part of the duality trance state. And the reason I'm a part of the duality trance state is because I am, and you are, and we all are trying to bring. Um, spirit into matter we are trying to bring the fullest creation about so what that means is when we were when we as elohim recreated ourselves anew as form the form had to ask the question is form now different from its formless creator and so the great divide began and ever since then we've been trying to answer that question are we different from our, our formless creator? Well, ultimately, as we ask and answer that question in all the various ways that it can be asked and answered, we will come to know that form and formlessness are the same exact thing 
and that the divine is also in form. So that the body, which has been so very much maligned over the centuries, particularly with regard to religion, uh, is going to be the most important factor of bringing us into the new age of, of understanding who we are as form, which is also formlessness, form, which is also divine. And so that's the whole purpose of the duality translate is to finish the creation that started eons ago. And we're not done yet. And as a participant in that process, I have to also experience duality. And as I experience duality, I I experience some emotions that go with duality. And then I see through duality to transcendence. And I move and I grow closer to uniting form with formlessness, uniting the the understanding of myself as a separate being with uh, an actual oneness. So that's part of the process for every one of us. So we're all going to, from time to time, have difficult emotions. And to tell ourselves that when we reach uh, this place where we don't have any difficult emotions is the only way we're going to know that we have arrived at transcendence is to tell ourselves a lie. Transcendence doesn't even need emotions. (laughs) Just like the universe doesn't need our puny little bargains, transcendence doesn't need our puny little emotions. Uh, it does. It, it's not that it wants to avoid or deny those emotions, but it doesn't. It doesn't. We don't have to have them to see through uh, the duality translate to the reality of who we are. What happens first is that we see through the 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 lie of duality, and then some peaceful emotions come after that. But we have to do the seeing first, and the seeing may or may not have emotions attached to it. So that. The idea that a person who has arrived at transcendence, or what some would call enlightenment, is uh, that that means that a person is constantly living in bliss, is not necessarily so. Um, and that when we're trying to arrive at it that way, we might be going about it all wrong. We might be thinking that the only way we're going to know for sure is that we have this constant state of bliss or this constant state of peace. I know that I can always find my peace, that that it's always in there, and that my joy is always in there, and that if I focus on on seeing through the duality trance state, the lie that I'm separate from the divine, into my oneness with the divine, then suddenly the joy comes forth and the peace comes forth. I know that it's always there. I know that I can access it any time I want. Um, but there's also another part of me that is doing its job here to sort of uh, work through the duality trance state. I like to think about that metaphor uh, that's used in the Old Testament where jo- Jacob wrestles with an angel and he uh, ultimately the angel touches his hip and he, he walks differently from then on. Um, and also he says, I will not let you go until you basically tell me who you are, tell me who I am. As well as as well, so um, he what he's saying there is, I'm going to finish this wrestling with duality until I know who I am, and that's what we're all doing. We're all we're whether we want to or not, <laughs> we're all in that major wrestle, and uh, and and it does ch- transform us, and we do walk differently from that on. Uh, that doesn't mean we all have a constant state of bliss. What it does mean is that we can always access our joy and our peace at any given moment, regardless of the circumstances. 
So regardless of whatever's going on in my life, I can be in peace. And I, I can cite certain times in my life when very difficult things were going on, and I was able to walk through it in peace. It uh, doesn't mean that I didn't also have some other emotions going on, but I could see that those emotions were relevant to uh, attachment and, 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 and um, the need to uh, have a certain image of myself and things like that. And I could also see my peace. So it's not either or. Nothing is either or. It's like we said last week, the lie that, that, that black, darkness and light are different from each other, that they are on opposite poles from each other. That's really not true. And it isn't always true that, um, there's, that it's gray. It could be black and white at the same time and not be gray. And that's that's a concept that just like blows our mind. We can't really understand that if it's if it's black and white, white merged. Well, shouldn't it be gray? No, not necessarily. It could be where the black retains its blackness and the white retains its whiteness. Whiteness, but they are in the same space. Why are they in the same space? Because everything is one. And and so if uh, so, our our limited way of viewing life is all based in that duality trance state that has sort of. Uh, allowed us to put everything in little boxes. Not only are they good or bad, but they're also limited to a small existence based upon the fact that we cannot, cannot, cannot let ourselves believe that we are also divine. We are very, very powerful beings, and we don't know that. We don't want to know that because then we really uh, scare ourselves to death with the, the power that we have. And we would also have to take responsibility for our lives in full. And we really don't want to do that. We'd like to blame something else. God, the devil, somebody else, money, our childhoods, you know, the bank account, all kinds of things we'd like to blame. Instead of saying, I am responsible fully for my existence here and everything that is about me, every aspect of my being, light and dark, is within my power to heal, to change, to grow, to choose, all of that. It belongs to me 100%. I am a kingdom, and I am the ruler of my kingdom. Um, and I am that, not because I've got some big ego, but because I am, uh, and by ego, again, I don't mean that old term I was just talking about a few minutes ago. I mean, I'm not full of myself. Um uh, it doesn't mean that. It means that I, I, I am the king of my and the queen of my existence because I am divine. I always was and always will be. And so are you. And so is everyone on the planet. And so is everything on the planet. But when we, when we live in the duality trans state, we don't see that. So when I wrote the book Inhabiting Heaven Now, that's what we're trying to get to. But there's a journey. There's a journey that, that comes with this process of, 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 of transcending of learning to inhabit heaven now. It is based on really getting in touch with the truth of the lies you tell yourself. Um, so if I identify, uh, in the book I've given two very clear and um, detailed examples of how a person might be able to work through from beginning to end of becoming more uh, enlightened, more aware of, of divine essence, more established in inhabiting heaven now, more transcended. Um, these are all synonyms for the same thing. Uh, in the book, I give uh, those examples really detail how it is that we need to 
be able to just see. So I'm going to sort of give one of those examples now. Um, and, and it's not based on a very troubled person, but it is based on a basically unhappy person. She comes from a normal life, not much bad going on there, not much good going on there, just a sort of normal life, mundane, get up and go to work, raise the kids, pay your bills, that kind of thing. And she decides that she's kind of bored with the nuances of her life and she wants something new and different. So she decides to join a meditation group and she joins a meditation group and she does that for a while. And then one day she has this very rich experience where she feels like she's plunged down to the bottom of the ocean and she's able to really feel the peace and the power of the ocean in her and around her. And she just sort of sits with that for for a little while. And then um, and then she begins to ask, is this really happening? And it begins to fade. And um, so she's had this really profound experience that where she felt this amazing peace. But now her question is, um, A, was that real? And B, what do I do with that? Uh, so she starts talking to some other people in the group and and she doesn't tell them anything about what she's experienced, but she does decide that she wants to know if they've experienced anything like that. So she's asking around to try to find out. And one girl does acknowledge that she's had similar experience. And then they begin to have lunches together and talk about their experience. Well, she wants to have another experience like that because it felt really good. So now she's on a mission to find out if she can have that experience again. But it's not forthcoming. It just doesn't happen the way she wants it to. And she begins to get frustrated. And she begins to ask herself if it was even real. But as time goes by, what begins to happen inside of her is that she begins to see some of her own, her own habits, her own behaviors that have limited her, that have stuck her in one single identity that doesn't allow much room for her to see herself any other way, that have limited her capacity to relate to other people, and that have... Uh, Actually, uh, uh, some would consider to be even false. So she begins to self-assess. She begins to pull the stuff in her that's in the closets in her life out so she can look at them. Not with judgment. She doesn't really judge herself. But she's, you know, looking. Look at this inside of me. Wow, I didn't know that was there. Look at that. Look, look at me playing this game over here. Look at me sort of wheeling and dealing with the universe here. Let me, let, let's look at all that. Let's tell the truth about that. And then, as time goes by, she begins to be able to see past those things to a deeper longing, to a more soulful energy inside of herself, that she begins to be able to compare that social, so, soulful energy inside of herself with this other side of herself that isn't, uh, is more invested in uh, whether or not she's um, paid the bills or whether or not she's clean the house or whether or not people look at her the way she wants them to and things like that. Um, so uh, as time goes by, what begins to happen is these two sides of herself begin to merge more and more as she tells more and more truth to herself about what really goes on inside of her. And then she begins to tell more truth to other people about what really goes on inside of her. And she begins to acknowledge to others her own soulful needs and her own uh, wishes, her own ideas about what she'd like to see happen in her relationship. And she begins to fantasize about what she'd like to do with her career. And she begins to start making decisions to do things differently based on a new alignment with something deeper and stronger inside of her. And as she does that, she's getting closer and closer 
to really seeing that she is one with that peace that she felt at the bottom of the ocean that day. And then her, her, her meditations begin to open up again. And she begins to feel that peace again. And then she's carried from there to another place and another place and another place where she continues her entire lifetime to get closer and closer to that deeper peace because she's making decisions and choices on a daily basis that actually tell her the truth and tell others the truth and uh, allow her to make decisions based on her soul, not on an identity that says she's limited and small and can't do X, Y, and Z and can't, can't really fly, in other words. Um, so uh, th- this process is lifelong. When I hear people say, well, I've gotten a li- enlightenment, I'm like, well, okay, what's next? <laughs> what comes after that? You know, um, I question that very deeply when I hear somebody tell me, I've, I've already got it. I've already done that. It's done now. Uh, especially when I see their lives not really telling the truth. Um, based upon my assessment, I could be wrong, but based upon my assessment, not really telling the truth to themselves about themselves. So this, this, this thing that we do about enlightenment and transcendence, we make it into a competition. And that's what we're going to talk about right after this break coming up. Stay tuned for more. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It has been foretold that this is a time of great change in the consciousness of the planet. What is the paradigm shift required to usher in a new reality? Join avatars Peggy and David as they introduce a new and fresh living spirituality which will stretch you and cause you to question everything you have learned on your spiritual journey. Tune in every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for The Avatars, ushering in a new beginning. And get ready for a provocative discussion that will challenge many of your most cherished spiritual beliefs. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5792. 
1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're talking today about transcendence, the many ways we have of flying. And what we've said in the first segment is all the things that transcendence is not. It is not using drugs and alcohol to avoid feelings. It is not bargaining with the universe to get what we want. It is not sticking our heads in the sand and pretending that difficult challenges are not really happening. It is not saying the world is an illusion or that the life is an illusion and that what we really need to do is is uh, just avoid listening to the news and, and not reading any bad news about anything and staying positive all the time. It's not that. That's not what transcendence is. Transcendence is not avoidance. And transcendence, in the second segment, what we said was that transcendence is not necessarily based in our emotions, that we don't always have to live in a blissful state to, to see through the lie of duality. We are not separate from the divine. We are the divine. The divine is us, and we are it, and um, we are very powerful beings, therefore, who are one of the phrases I like from the Christian Bible that uh, in the New Testament Jesus says that because he's going away greater things than these shall you do Um, and basically what he's saying by that is that uh, we have all the power he had and we have more power than he had we will be able to do more than he even he did um, because we are not him we are somebody else and so when when we really realize what he's saying in that statement it's very powerful indeed. We could do greater than he did. And what is greater than raising some funny, somebody from the dead? Well, I don't know about you, but the first thing I think of is maybe not dying. What's greater than raising from the dead is not dying in the first place. And wouldn't that be interesting if we could just not die? And the first thing we t- think of then is, oh, uh, well, that means that we'll just have to be here forever in, in old age. And I don't know why we think of it that way. We could be here forever in young age, too. <laughs> but... That's how we think of it. But, uh, and so I don't know how that's going to look, but I do, I do think it's fascinating to ponder what are the possibilities in our divinity because we are divine beings. But instead of doing that, what we often do with uh, this whole thing of transcendence or as some people call it, enlightenment or inhabiting heaven now, whatever phrase you want to use for it, what we very often do is just westernize it by making it into another form of competition. I've transcended. I'm. I have uh, overcome my ego. I have done this work, and and now you can do it too if you come and do what I've done. Um, I, I, and that's the that's the most uh, the most positive image of that kind of, of competition. Um, like anything else in the, in our Western mode of thinking, we we get all caught up in image. What do I look like to other people? What, what am I doing in their eyes? And if we can sort of tell ourselves that because we have transcended, we are now better than other people, then that, that sort of satisfies that part of us that needs to, to feel secure in that feeling of, of being better than other people. And, you know, better than other people is a position of fear, it's a position of, what if I'm not good enough? Therefore, I have to be better. 
And transcendence is really not about that. One of the things that Jesus said that I like, uh, and it's also in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, something very similar to it is in the Bhagavad Gita, where it says, uh, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. I really like that because it, our, our thinking down as we process through the duality translate is going to completely reverse when we get into the the divine uh, way of thinking. You know, just a little while ago, we were talking about how we typically think of light and dark as polarities, and that if you put them together, that it has to make gray. Um, there's a white and there's a black, and you put them together, and it has to make gray. No, it doesn't. They can retain their black and retain their white and still be in the same space because um, because everything is one. And that's a concept that comes from non-duality. It doesn't come from duality. So when we think in those terms, we're thinking in uh, paradigms that don't match at all what we've been taught to believe. And so that's a part of how the first will be last and the last will be first. What we consider to be truth, you know, so many people say, well, until it's proven scientifically, it can't be true. Well, you know, science is a kind of religion in and of itself in that uh you have to uh, uh, um, believe the theory that you've put forth and put a lot of energy into it and, and really stay with it until you get to some kind of proof. And then the proof is probably a, about an inch wide. It can cover about that much information because it has to be that narrow in scope in order to be able to get to some kind of definitive proof. So I'm not saying that there aren't things that are actually real, but I am saying that... Um, the, the the dogma and the creed that go with science is just as just as fundamentalistic as the dogma and the creed that can go to a, with a fundamentalistic religion. So, you know, what's true and what's false, I don't know. Um, I I go back to um, uh, that statement that uh, says I, it isn't certain that everything is uncertain. We don't have to know everything in order to to know everything. And that's another paradox that non-duality will give us, that there is a kind of knowing that knows, but it, but what it knows is that everything is uncertain, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be certain. So this idea of competition means that uh, there's a way to prove that that I'm okay by making myself better than other people. And transcendence just doesn't know anything about competition. It just doesn't even, that language doesn't even, it's like a foreign language to transcendence. So when we're thinking about this whole possibility of how a person becomes, how a person gets enlightened, how a person begins to inhabit heaven now, how a person transcends, how a person can learn to fly, all those uh, things that mean the same thing, what we're not talking about is the westernized view of life on planet Earth where you live in a state of constant bliss, you're better than other people, and you can go around doing good, therefore, and other people will look up to you and honor you for that reason. That's nothing about transcendence. But if we're really telling the truth to ourselves, we will find that in us. We will find that part of ourselves that wants to to be better than other people. We will find that part of ourselves that says that and only that gives me security. Um, we will find that part of ourselves that says when I, when I do X, Y, and Z, then I'm secure. Um, but, but transcendence is a security based in uncertainty. It's based in mystery. It's based in, in the idea that we don't have to know, but we know. 
<laughs> and uh, these are paradoxes that uh, when we talk about the Zen cones or the, uh, the mandos or all those things, what we're really saying is they are paradoxes because they don't fit the duality trance state. They're not really paradoxes. They just look that way to us because we are, the duality trance state says there's an X and a Y and that's it. There's a, uh, a, there's a right and a wrong, and that's it. There's a white and a black, and that's it. That's how it is. There's a good and an evil, and that's it. That's how it is. And, and humans can't be gods, and, you know, people die, and then maybe they might be able to attach to soul, and maybe they'll go to heaven. Um, but but uh, really, you can't have both. You can't have heaven and earth at the same time. It's not possible. But turns out we can because we're divine beings, uh, living in form, which is also divine. So, uh, transcendence means seeing through the lie that says we aren't living in heaven right now. So, when people ask me, well, are you inhabiting heaven now? Yes, I am, and so are you. Uh, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's not what they want to hear. What they want to hear is, are you living in bliss right now? Are you constantly living in this joyful, peaceful state. Well, I can say I'm living in the joyful, peaceful state a lot more than I used to. <laughs> a lot more than I used to. Uh, and I can access it anytime I open my eyes and, and I'm willing to do that. I'm not always willing to do that, however, because I also live in the duality trans state and I'm still wrestling with that angel. And, and uh, that angel and I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> and that's part of me helping create the uh, the universal principle that form and formlessness formlessness are the same thing. Form is also divine. That's what we're here doing. We are in that endeavor creating that fact. It's already a fact, but we're creating full awareness of that fact. So, um, you know that that process is what we're here doing. And if we, if I say, well, I'm not participating in duality translate anymore. I'm just not going to do that. Then I might be denying my own potential to do my part to bring the creation to its, to its fullest form. Um, so if I, I paint a picture and uh, the, pic, the picture is done all except for one little corner up here on the right side, one little corner is not done and it's mine to do, but I keep looking at that corner going, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't want to want to have to deal with that corner. I don't want to have to think about that. I just I don't want to do that. And besides, I haven't made up my mind yet what I want that corner to be look to look like. So, yeah, we're, we're just not going to do that. Well, you know, it, that what I'm doing is I'm leaving the product unfinished. And that's what we have. We, we postpone the inevitability of our awareness of ourselves as divine beings each time we refuse to recognize uh, the mystery that that uh, we are fully responsible for our own choices and one of the choices we have is whether or not we're going to stay in the duality trans state or, or or today or see through it today and in a moment I might decide to be in the duality trans state because I have something to work through there I have some work to do there and I'm, I'm going to work and chisel and, and hone that until it, it looks more like it's truth. And then it's going to look more like the, uh, the other state, the transcendent state. So when, when, I, when I'm in the duality trans state, I'm not failing. 
it's a part of my enlightenment as well because it every time I work through something in the duality trance state, it is bringing me closer to an understanding of who I am as a divine being. There's no way to fail here. In fact, one of the passages in the Bible that I love so much that's in the Old Testament in Isaiah, I think it's 5511, says, my word shall not return to me empty. And many people think that word means the gospel. The gospel is going to be told to everybody before, before Jesus comes again is the way it's looked at. And, but actually, when you look at the root language, that's not at all what it means. The word there is a breath. The breath of life will not return to the divine empty. It will accomplish what it came here to accomplish. And we will finish this product we're making, which is form, which is also formlessness. Divine, the divine matter, the divine body, that's what we're creating. And we're all a part of that. And so there's not a single one of us that has failed in a single moment of our lives, even when we're making mistakes, even when we're doing what some people would call sinning. We're still not failing. We're still learning something that has to do with the duality translate that is essential to our understanding of ourselves as transcendent divine beings. So, we've talked today about the many ways of flying, the ones that we, that really don't aren't really flying and the ones that are really flying in terms of transcendence. And uh, so, if you have questions about this, feel free to contact me. I'm happy to talk to my listening audience and be here next week. We're going to have some more. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.